This is a hat trick podcast. Oh, Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Do you remember your sex education? Was it helpful to you? Was it filled with scientific information? rather than real, practical advice. I'm Degree Waits, and this is The Real Sex Education. Every other week, I'll be posing sex questions, busting sex myths, and opening up our mailbox to answer your relationship conundrums. But in order to do this, I need an expert. A sexpert, if you will. But the only sex and relationship therapist I know is my mum. Hello, mum. Hello, Diggs. Hello and welcome to The Real Sex Education. I'm Degree Waite and I'm joined as always by accredited sex and relationship therapist Kate Cabell. Hello mum. Hello Diggs. In this podcast we give you the chance to have your sex and relationship questions answered by Kate, an accredited sex and relationship therapist. You can send them in to us via our email podcast at hatchet.com or DM us on Instagram or Twitter. We're at Real Sex Ed Pod. We've got a couple of questions today about having a baby in a sexless marriage and why one person's boyfriend always apologises after sex. But mum, before we get to those, and speaking of Instagram and Twitter, it's something that I wanted to talk to you about today because I've seen it on social media and stuff. It's the relationship strategy that I feel like is taking over the world. Hypergamy. Have you heard of hypergamy? Oh, yes, of course. And I don't don't know if it's taking over the world because it's always kind of been around. Interesting. So, so what is hypergamy? So it's looking for a partner who is of higher social standing than you or wealthier than you or or more attractive in some way than you would be. Interesting. And who does hypergamy affect? Is that something that we all have or? No, I mean, there, there are, at the moment, there's a bit of a trend to go to um, love coaches or to watch love coaches on, on social media, um, people who teach mm. you how to improve yourself so that you'll be more attractive generally to men who are interested in um, women. And you're hoping to marry, usually, somebody who will take care of you and you'll be an attractive prospect mm. and they'll take care of you with their wealth and social standing and it's interesting that you say that because that's how I found out about it I saw people online sort of coaching other girls or I say girls women but it was other on TikTok. Girls. well <laughs> well it's, it's women coaching other women but I say girls as well because it was on TikTok so I feel like some of these people are quite young but it, mm. like you say sort of coaching them into how to attract a man in a higher social standing and when I looked at this online it does seem to be that the the research on this does show that it's mostly women who involve themselves in heterosexual relationships who involve themselves in hypergamy and and often look for one of the things they look for in men is that they are of a higher social standing they're more wealthy etc etc one thing I wanted to ask about is because you mentioned that it's been around for a while so in my head obviously it's the first time I've heard about this is people talking about it on social media like say coaching each other through it so has this been around for a while 
Well, if you think in terms of arranged marriages, then one sort or another, that people have always tried to make themselves attractive to other people and maybe try to find ways that they will be particularly attractive to the kind of person that they're attracted to. Mm. And so there have been coaches for that and there have been marriage brokers since forever. Mm. So in, in different cultures and at different points in history. And also, I mean, and even recently, if you think about the 90s, if you think about Bridget Jones used to read the rules, which is a book which told you how to snaffle your man. Mm. And that's always been going on. You know, people used to go to etiquette and deportment classes to make themselves more available, more attractive. And there have always been people looking for a good marriage. Um, Pride and Prejudice, you know, girls in that looking for the perfect man, the, the, you know, they were trading up. Mm. Um, it's all, it's just always happened. But there's a particular resurgence of this at the moment because of all the love coaches that are around. Mm. But that's the thing. What I think is interesting about this is like, because you, you, you have like guys have like, was it pickup artist coaches and stuff like mm. that? But they're not looking for someone of a higher social standing. They're just looking for a girlfriend. Whereas in this particular mm thing it's looking for someone of a high social standing and like you say mm. historically you know people would marry off their kids to people of a higher social class or whatever because you know it looked good for the family it was good for relations sometimes you know like monarchs would marry off their kids to other monarchs of other countries to like mm. help relations and stuff but obviously we've moved on from that now but that's still even in recent history you would a lot of women would maybe marry men because men were traditionally the breadwinners and stuff maybe that's changing now but maybe maybe not maybe people still still feel like that's a thing you, you know generally speaking we we tend to think it more in terms of equality i mean there's always and there's but there's always been a bit of an idea that some men don't want too much trouble and they'll sort of dumb down in mm. terms of partner so somebody attractive similar social background as far as possible and they're not wanting someone who's going to challenge them or be a bother right mm. so so there's always been that sort of alliance and that that suits the both parties quite well quite often so if if you're wanting i, I don't know somebody to to sort of be a housekeeper love and mother to your children but not not so much an intellectual partner that's mm. always gone on mm. and then, and and so some of this buys into that as soon as you mentioned that about because to have hypergamy, the act of dating upwards, that means you have mm. to have the opposite. There has to be people who have to therefore be dating downwards. And that's called hypogamy. And again, people theorize that hypogamy is mostly seen in men who are heterosexual men who are dating down, so to speak, to women. Mm. And, you know, the problem here is, is that the theory is, is men date downwards because if they're wealthier than their girlfriend, if they're maybe older if they've got more powerful if they're more if they're higher social standing that like you say the people they date downwards are more impressionable more controllable do you say less of a fuss that's what people theorize mm. i mean does that sound right well i don't know you see it's difficult to say isn't it because it's it's really really difficult to assess the trends mm. because i i guess that most of the people that are trying to date up are, are not assuming that they're dumb 
<laughs> I hope mm. not. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And I don't suppose they are. No. And it hasn't always worked out for guys who want want a partner who's no trouble that they get a partner who's no trouble. Mm-hmm. But there is a bit of a trend at the moment for people to say, "Hey, I would I would like um, somebody wealthier than me, and so I'm going to try and find somebody wealthier than me." And in a way, who can blame them? What's What's the harm? I mean, if if you watch movies, especially old movies, it's almost a joke. It's a kind of Mm. running theme that girls are looking for a good catch. Mm. But whether it actually presents in the way it has always done is a bit unclear. Yeah, but I I think an interesting word to focus in on what you said was trend. Mm. It's a trend, but necessarily is it a rule or anything like that? I don't think so at all. Like there's also Mm. the trend for, again, talking heterosexual couples, but like, taller men versus shorter men you might trend mm. towards fancying taller men these are all trends like you know and mm. these things can change and also it's not the be all and end all if you're i bet you there's really rich high standing guys out there who can't catch a break with people because they, there's other things that they're quote unquote lacking so it's not this be all end all and trends can change like one of the reasons why potentially this might be changing as well is let's say it's about money well the gender pay gap is I think the last time I read it, I might be wrong here, but let's say it's women earn 78% of what men do on average. Mm. So that is another reason why women might want to marry upwards to sort of close that gap and make sure they're, you know, looked after or whatever. But with that gap closing and people becoming more independent and stuff, you would assume that that will stop being as much of a thing. Similarly, let's take it out of it and say that women don't care about money at all. If they just dated people heterosexually anyway, because of that gender pay gap, though, naturally you would see a trend to women dating upwards because men, on average, earn more than them. So it will make it look like people are are looking for that when actually that's just people dating normally. I think it's more complicated than that Mm. because... It's also the case that some people want to please their parents and mm. and say they've made a good match. And so sometimes that's what it's all about. And in order to feel freer, perhaps if, if they do feel a bit constrained by family expectations, they make their own choice, but it's got to be a good enough choice. Mm. So there's a bit of that. There may be a bit of that going on. And that can apply to any family anywhere. And equally, if you've come from a difficult background where you want to escape, that's another reason for trying to get yourself a leg up. Mm. I mean, and also, I bet you there's loads of people listening to this now who are thinking, well, yeah, I mean, when I look for a partner, there is something comforting about maybe knowing that they earn a bit more than me or that they're in a, like, I like the fact that they're in a higher social category or whatever. People just want the best of themselves. Is it that bad? Well, no, I don't think so. But there is also another, I mean, no no, no blame from this direction. Mm. I mean, the, the, the thing is, though, that sometimes people do also make a, a concerted effort to find the kind of partner that's going to be the best thing for them when they've had a lot of heartbreak. Mm. So this is another reason for making this choice, because if you have consistently had a bad time, then you may think, OK, well, I'm, you know, I keep coming across lame ducks. If I can't find true love, at least let me find somebody with a hefty wallet. Yeah. Yeah. And this is very interesting that you say that because a lot of these TikTok pages and stuff, that's a lot of what they say. They're sort of saying, listen, that we're coming from the idea that in every case, it's men. Men are trash. Men are trash. And so you might as well get some money out of them until they are eventually trash again. We've been hurt before by guys. So now it's our turn to take something back, which is, mm. you know, potentially where this gets a little bit, a little bit awkward. 
Well, yeah, I mean, it's it's difficult, isn't it? And it's, and it's very unpleasant to be talking about anybody as trash. I mean, this is very <laughs> yeah. this is very transactional, though, isn't it? I mean, the guys are getting something out of it, ultimately, you know, an attractive woman. The girls are getting something out of it, hopefully. Mm. And it's interesting because at the moment, it's not the way we think of relationships. We tend to think in terms of fairy tale, falling in love, the one, all mm. of that sort of mm. thing, which is absolutely utter nonsense but oh, but we do you know <laughs> yeah well yeah you know i mean yeah you no, can I, fall, no, I mean you are I'm not right. saying people don't fall in love but there's yeah. but the you know there, there's the only one, one person yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but 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 you are you you know but it is also fairy tale stuff isn't it it is mm. it, in lots of ways this is buying into it because you're looking for prince charming mm, mm. oh definitely you know, and, yeah and you're trying to make your feet fit the shoe well, that's why this instantly struck a chord with me because i was thinking oh so so these are people who are coaching each other through ways to almost, is it trick men? I'm not sure. Or, or, or find people where, where, as I say, the main goal is that they've got lots of money, they have a higher social standing and they'll take care of me. And that's the main goal. Whereas I feel like I'm coming at relationships like I want to find somebody I fall in love with. And whatever money we have, that doesn't matter because at the end of the day, if we're together, we're together. But then again, like you just said, that is such a romantic and like Disney way to look at things when actually maybe that's not real, what real life is. And again, maybe I'm talking from a privileged position where maybe I haven't had the heartbreak that a lot of people have had. Maybe I don't have the money issues that a lot of these people have. And also I'm a man and this usually trends towards women do this way. All these things may, mean that that's probably why I don't think this way, but it's probably completely fair that, that people do. Maybe some men do. Um, but but the, the other thing to take into account is that it's all very well getting yourself into a situation where you can meet and have an initial attraction with somebody, but it doesn't mean that the relationship's going to sustain. Mm. So unless there's something real going on for the couple, then whether it's love or a really good friendship or a, just a really good arrangement, whatever it happens to be, mm. it's got to be there because it's not going to go much beyond you know, a few dates if there isn't something making it work. It's interesting that you say that there needs to be something good going on. Are there sometimes clients that you see who are couples and they're together, but realistically, it's just an arrangement and they've got a really good one and they're both mm. happy with the transaction, but ultimately it's not that they're in love and necessarily even good friends? Well, actually, what I spend a lot of time doing at the moment is creating the arrangement. Yeah. Because things change mm. over it's, time. Yeah. And if it's a good relationship, actually, you're more likely to change as a couple. And mm. so you, you may now have different wants and needs. I mean, so quite often you'll find couples who say, oh, you know, we don't want to separate because we own this enormous house. And if we split it, you know, we're going to own a little house each. Mm. Mm. And so they, they want to carry on together. But, you know, it's not working because they're so resentful. But if you formalize the changes and the difference in the relationship and then maybe open up or put some ground rules in or just say, you know what, I'm, I love you, but I'm not in love with you. I'll carry on sleeping with you or I won't, you know, whatever, whatever. Mm. There are all sorts of ways you can go. I mean, you can have any kind of relationship. And sometimes people just want some time out as well. They want time off. They mm. just want a break. Mm. Mm. Any of that can work. And mm. often saying, stop trying to make what isn't working work, do something different works. Mm. Mm. So yes, lots of people are, uh, have an arrangement and it's when they don't have an arrangement that they tend to run into trouble. So what you're saying is, hypergamous relationships let's say like this where you can go into it and think i don't even really love this guy and this guy's thinking i don't really love this girl but both of you are getting something out of it 
you get a good arrangement and that's fine it's okay well, is it yeah if it works it works, it works doesn't it nice okay mm. do you think it's this is going to continue or do you think what we talked about before maybe with the continued rate of women and men becoming more equal in terms of social standing and money and stuff like that do you think that this sort of thing might just peter out well, it might just peter out, I guess. I mean, who knows? Mm. I mean, we don't know how successful it is in terms of people forging lasting relationships, do we? Mm-hmm. We know that people are looking for relationships, but I don't know of any research which suggests what becomes of this. Mm. So it's a relatively, although it may look big online, it's a relatively small social movement, if you can call it that. Mm. But it's something that lots of people are aware of. And in some ways, it may be a fantasy. I mean, you you may be trying to improve your appearance or your clothes or whatever. And actually, it might not get you anywhere. Mm, Um, Exactly. You know, Well, well, just on that as well. Um, there's there's also a, a few videos going around the other way with men talking to men about hypergamy, almost talking about it as if it's in, it's inherent in women's nature and that they're doomed if they don't have money or status. Do you think that, I mean, is that true? Ooh, yeah. Well, are we talking sort of incel type well, thinking now? <laughs> this I'm not going to lie. The, these videos are... Uh, they feel very incelly to me. I don't like to, I feel almost, am I allowed to even say that? They're so incelly. Oh, fuck it, I'm going to say it. They're so <laughs> in, they're very, very incelly. It's very much like, listen, dude, there's one video in particular. It's, well, I might have to even link it um, in the show notes. So mm-hmm. where they're like, there's this thing called hypergamy. It's the idea that women can't help themselves but date upwards. They want men with money. They want men with status. Men, the the, the biggest and most important relationship they have with women is with their mum. And th- their mum shows an unconditional love and support. They then see this love and support in women, but women don't want that from the man. What they want from the man is their money and their status, and they want to use it. He even quotes a mental statistic saying that in one in 10 children their father isn't actually their biological father because a woman has gone away and found some other better male, an alpha male or whatever they call them, you know, a high value man elsewhere to actually have this kid with. That's the sort of videos and the sort of information that's being given out. Yeah, and it's it's sad, isn't it? Because, I mean, incels stands for involuntarily celibate. And mm-hmm. these are men who are very resentful of women who prefer jocks and more attractive men or more interesting men than they are. And they are hugely resentful about that. I mean, it's difficult, isn't it? I mean, instead of complaining about it, maybe they need to go out and meet some girls. Well, it's funny you say that because there's also then some people talking about hypergamy, guys talking to other guys saying, listen, if this is true and hypergamy is true and you need to get more money and you need to be successful, that's your biggest motivator. Like, shouldn't you use that to motivate yourself? And I mean, there's part of me that thinks that's a good thing. But then if there's an army or a horde of incels out there, you know, purely trying to like, get more money and become more powerful and evil for that, that, I don't know, all of it just feels wrong to me. But It, it feels wrong. It, well, it maybe it, the, 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 this is the problem. The whole idea of bettering yourself to find the partner that you're looking for sounds great. But when you frame it in the women are inherently evil – they want all my money and they want all my status. And my mum is the only woman who's ever going to actually love me. And so I'm going to be the best version of myself to then exploit this woman back and take, if she's going to take what she wants from me, I'm going to take it back from her. And that's why I'm going to like go to the gym. So I'm going to start a company and sell it for millions and blah, blah, blah. You know, all of that feels wrong to me. It feels like, you know, but then again, what we talked about before, 
maybe I'm too Disney-fied. Yeah, I, I'm too too much of a romantic. I don't think anybody should say, you know, it's very unhelpful to believe all women are out to get you or all men are out to mm. get you. You know, it's, it's just daft. I mean, there are lots of women who at the moment are having sex with as many men as they possibly can because they, they kind of want to feel more in control and they think that's a really great way to do it. Men can do it, you know, traditionally, we think mm. that's what is said. So they don't see why they shouldn't either. And it's interesting because some of them then say, why am I not having a relationship? But they're not giving off a vibe that they want a relationship. Mm. So it's really interesting because the way you come across may not be the way you think you come across. Yeah. And that's why, to be fair to some of these people, to bring it back to the hypergamy and some of these coaches, I think what what some of them are trying to do, and I think a lot of them in genuine good faith is trying to say, stop this casual sex, stop having sex with people on the first date. You know, obviously, I have no issue with these things. But in these women's minds or these coaches' minds, it's like these are things that are making people think you just want casual or making or maybe Mm. leading you to people that aren't serious. So Mm. try these other methods dress in this way go to these bars say these things to men and yeah you know maybe you, you'll find something more serious but that's you know that that's likely to be um for a lot of people who feel they've been manipulated you know yeah. they feel they've been manipulated into sex or mm. coerced into sex and you know on the basis that well if you have sex with me you know i'll i'll date you and mm. a bit of a feeling i mean it surprises me so much how many people think that they can't have a relationship until they've had lots of sex with somebody because in my day the say. sex followed the relationship yeah you know? so it, okay can you explain this to me if i met a girl and mm. let's say in the 60s or the 70s or whatever. Oh, bloody hell. How old do you think I am? Well, sorry, let, the 90s. So if, if I met a girl, if I, if I met a girl, let's say the 70s. If I met a girl in the 70s, and we met a few times, I got her number, I rang her up and said, do you want to go for a date with me to the discotheque this Friday? Are we going out at that point? I don't know. What's it? Is that the 70s? I don't know. Oh, right. I mean, I really am not as old as you think I am. Um, <laughs> the, the, so, but but I mean, what I, I'm it, saying is, but, if, if I invite you out on a date and you say yes, are we going out then? No. So are so, we boyfriend and girlfriend? Not necessarily, because people, because oh, because there was going steady. So that's know. but that isn't that what we've got at the moment, where it's like, oh, we're you know, yeah, we're but go- you wouldn't sleep with someone you weren't going steady with. So, so you might say, if you were a boy, might say, oh, let's go steady. In in order to get into your pants, that that might happen. But so let's go steady in order to get into your pants. But you're not allowed to get into their pants until you're you, going steady. Uh, no, but uh, well, until your boyfriend and girlfriend. I thought that's what you just said, right? Well, yeah, go, well, going steady would be yeah. I mean, you oh. you might say. I mean, you you know, it, the, um, there might be people who would assume they were dating if they saw somebody a couple of times. But mm. I think people would have a conversation where they said, oh. You know. A boyfriend and girlfriend. Yeah, yeah. Well, then, how different is that? We're to in now? a relationship. Well, people don't. They they don't say they're in a relationship for years. Some of them. Yeah, that is true. Well, what we've got at the moment, if I'm not mistaken, is you get with someone, you hang out a few times, then you have the conversation where you go, "Are we exclusive?" And you might go, "Yeah," and then you keep going out for ages, and then eventually you'll go. We are boyfriend and girlfriend, aren't we? Or we are boyfriend and boyfriend. We are girlfriend and girlfriend. And then you go, yeah. Well, you are if you're exclusive. But the thing is... No, but exclusivity doesn't necessarily mean that. There's people in quote-unquote situationships where they are exclusive. Oh, my God, situationships. But they're not, you know, they're not official. 
That's it. We're not official. I'm, I'm not. I'm, it's not on Facebook that I'm in a relationship. You know, I, it just strikes me as bonkers. And yet, it makes total sense to me. Weirdly, no, it makes none at all to me. Do you know what? Do you know why I think it is? Is it's because mm. of the the pressure of the label. If you then say that we're boyfriend and girlfriend, the amount of pressure that comes after that is so intense that I think people freak out. And I say people, that's definitely been me as well. I've thought, oh, I can't say, because you need to make sure you you pick the right person. You've got to make sure you're the right person for them. You, you know, then, then you, like, your parents will know about it. Your friends have to know about it. But that's the other thing. I think, no, 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 I think that's more as well. I mean, I don't think if, if people were in, were even living together when I was younger, it would necessarily mean that you were going to spend the rest of your life together. You, you were in a relationship now. You were living together now. Mm. If you hadn't made some sort of commitment, and that was that's why some people would get married at the point where they said, actually, we want to take it a step further or something. Mm. Whereas, you, you know, marriage is not so important to so many people now. And so maybe that kind of barrier is gone. Mm. And it can feel as if you're in a, a much more forever relationship, just because you've said, oh, we're official. And that that's what I find balmy, the significance of each stage. Mm. Because, you know, you, you know you're, you're hanging out with somebody, you're seeing somebody, if you're seeing them, you're seeing them. If you're having sex with them, you're in a relationship, for God's sake, if you're doing that but, regularly. But what it, but if, so are you saying Just people... because you say you're not, doesn't mean you're not. <laughs> but no, I know, I know. But It's okay. a relationship. A relationship is two people, no one Let's not. say, for, let's say, theoretically, I am, I'm seeing three people at the same time and yeah. I'm having sex with all three of them. Am I, have I got three girlfriends at that point? You might do. Well, this is, but that that doesn't seem right because then. But 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 that's different, isn't it? Than from like like right. Let's say you're seeing three people, and there's one you see every Friday night. Yeah. Every Friday night, regular, yeah. regular as clockwork. Well, you can't say that's not a relationship. Why not? What you're well, what you're doing here is you're labelling and you're pathologising. Well, then, oh, <laughs> I am not labelling, and I am absolutely not pathologising. <laughs> Mister, yeah. no. The, the the thing is that you have a relationship with the man who sells you your coffee, you ha- or woman. Oh, don't or change person. the goalposts. Don't say no, oh, it's I'm a not. relationship. You're changing the goalposts. When it, you say relationship, you mean boyfriend and girlfriend. That's what you mean when you say. Well, I don't that. really. I mean, and now you're changing it. And now you're saying no, I'm relationship. Not. I'm not. This is what I always meant. It is a relationship, and it doesn't matter. I mean, boyfriend and girlfriend is what you're calling it. That's the labelling. Right, so I'll take that's that out of it. Absolutely, that's the labelling. Okay, so I'm meant to say with these three girls that I'm in a relationship with three girls. What does that sound like to you? That sounds like I've got three girlfriends. No, it sounds like you, you're shagging three people. No, it doesn't. I mean, like, I, I, I feel like what we're doing is we're saying, don't say we're boyfriend or girlfriend, but say that you're in a relationship, and that's a new label. What? It's a new label. I mean, I think if you're seeing somebody and you're friends with them, that's a relationship, isn't it? Yes. I mean, yeah. I mean, if, you, if you're literally saying you're in a relationship, i.e. in the same way that our relationship is mother and son and my relationship with my friend is friend and I'm in a relationship with this person because we see each other every Friday and we shag, then yes, I guess you're right. <laughs> then I guess you're right. But that's not really, that's, you're not really saying anything new there. Do you know what I mean? Oh, sorry. I, I didn't realise I had to be super original. But but it does, has no relation to what you were saying before, where you were going, well, if you see them loads and your boyfriend or girlfriend, be honest. 
So that now, I don't know which one we're going for. Let's say that you have been seeing somebody for two years and you mostly see them most days after work. You get together and you sleep together and you cook meals for one another and you plan your holidays together and you spend most of your time together. And this is somebody you would confide in. And if you had some good news, that's the first person you'd tell and all of those things. And then somebody says to you, oh, you two, are you an item? Are you in a relationship? And you go, oh, no. <laughs> well, listen, when we talk about the extreme case like that, then I'd be like, yeah, you are. Obviously, they are. Yeah, well, preci- precisely. Yeah. And I am seeing this all the time. Two years? Mm. Re- that long? Longer. And what do you put that down to? Why are they not saying, oh, yeah, I'm in a relationship? Uh, blimey, I wish I knew. Yeah. It just seems to be a thing. It just seems to be a trend. And, and you know, from the point of view of a sex therapist, it's a bloody nightmare because they're not in a relationship in capital letters. Both of them don't come. Well, quite often they don't. Quite often one of them doesn't. Well, that's what I mean. That's what I mean. Yeah. So, so one of them comes and goes, oh, I've got this issue. Yeah. But, they, but you, they can't come as a couple because they're not a couple. Well, well, there's that. Yeah. I was thinking more. <laughs> I was thinking more about what happens when you fake it. Oh, because you're not in a relationship. Yeah. So you may be faking orgasms because you're not in a relationship. It doesn't matter. You know, you might want to please your partner. For instance, I might want to make him think that I was having a wonderful time and the earth was moving and all of that. Because I probably, you know, because it was just a casual relationship. It's not going to go anywhere. Might as well keep him happy. I might do that, for instance. I mean, I, w- mm. I wouldn't. So if just for reference, anybody. Um if I was doing that and then, you know, after two years, you, you suddenly decide, oh, actually, we're a couple. Then how do you undo that? Because he's he's thinking, oh, you know, I need to be keep pumping away because that's what she likes. And mm. she's thinking, oh, God, he does. He's, he still doesn't know what turns me on. And at that point, you're too deep in. So if you tell them, they're going to be like really upset or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really difficult. So I have lost count, really lost count of how often people have rocked up saying, hey, how do I sort this out? Or a couple mm. come together, you know, attend together saying, oh, there's, you know, our, our sex life's suddenly gone wrong. And then you're having to say, well, I'll just have a chat with you separately. And then you find out. The truth. I like then when you corrected yourself and said, come together and you said attend i really <laughs> wish we could change come to attend yeah but can you imagine dig saying did the earth move did you attend <laughs> did he did he did he make you attend i mean so good that's what i want oh, dear, oh, dear. i'm attending all right well wonderful chat there about hypergamy lots and <laughs> lots of things to think about um went all over the place we really did we really did well mm. we'll be back with some more fascinating chat as we answer your relationship conundrums in part two, right after this. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? 
Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. It's the mailbag, St. Katie Queries, two podcasts at Hatch.com. It's the mailbag, St. Katie Queries, podcast at Hatch with two C's. Hello there, I have a query for Kate. I would like to know when the real sex education mailbag starts. Right, Mum, it's time for some questions from listeners we have to the show. If you'd like your sex and relationship questions answered by Kate, an accredited sex relationship therapist, you can send them in to us to podcasts at hatchet.com or DM us on Instagram and Twitter. We're at Real Sex Ed Pod. Right, Mum, question one. Are you ready? Yes. Let me read it right here. My wife and I have been married four years and have sex twice a month at most. I wanted to have more sex, but she never did. Recently, her rejections have gotten to the point where I've stopped asking and I'm not feeling sexually attracted to her at all. Now she wants a baby and wants to have sex all the time and I can't even get hard. The sex isn't sexy. It's just about making a baby. She lies there and wants me to come as quickly as possible. How do I get hard for her? Oh, wow. It, it sounds as if there are, there are real problems with the relationship itself, doesn't it? And this is not going to happen. Mm. I mean, I wonder if he can get hard at other times, um, you know, perhaps has morning erections or has erections when he masturbates. And if so, there's not a you know clinical reason why this is happening. It's a relationship reason. And maybe they need to do some work on the relationship and what's going on there. I mean, I can't understand why they would be even thinking about making a baby if they've got the kinds of problems that they seem to have. Mm. Although people do, I know they do, but... Well, that's what struck me. There's a couple of things here is that it just sounds like, at least in the the sexual side of your relationship, you're unhappy. Also, now she wants to have a baby. Okay, well... You've said that she, not we, she wants to have a baby. I thought Mm. that was interesting as well. Yeah. And... It, it just seems like a question all phased around, like, we need to have a serious think. And then it ends with, how do I get hard? Yeah. You know? So I was really interested to see, hear what you thought. Well, communication needs to improve, doesn't it? And maybe there are ways that they could talk to one another and talk about what they both actually want. I mean, mm. it might well be if he doesn't want a baby, that could be a reason for not getting hard. Mm. It mm. could really put you off couldn't it yeah yeah you said it about communication yeah like like he says i've stopped asking so i mean i guess he must have spoken about it a bit i guess but maybe just asking for sex and really speaking about it but it doesn't sound great i guess the main thing we would say is go to couples therapy because it sounds like there's some things that you both want that maybe you can talk through with a therapist and see if they align and whether you can go forward. I mean, people get very frightened. It's very, very common when somebody feels they're being rejected repeatedly when they're looking for sex, then they do stop asking Mm. and that that's very common but then it's really hard to just turn it back on again when when required yeah the reasons that one person rejects the other are really silly reasons i mean just just like you've just picked the wrong moment to approach Mm. i mean that's Mm. that and i'm always saying you know if someone feels sweaty or you know or they've just come in they they don't want to be hugged and cuddled or they might be interested in a lovely cuddle or kiss or something but not the whole hog 
Mm. So there are lots of ways of reintroducing sex into your life and having quite a lot of it, but not necessarily always looking for intercourse and orgasm. And that's mm. the problem. That's what puts people off because they think, oh, God, I've got to... I've, it's a whole rigmarole. Yeah, I've got to do this. I've got to go and have a shower. Yeah. And, and, and yeah. actually, you know, what, what someone's often looking for when they look for sex is just some reassurance. Mm. So there are all sorts of ways that's possible. So if they've got a bit stuck, then definitely therapy would be really, really helpful. Yeah, I think that's what I would say. Mm. All right. Next question is from Anonymous. And they say, my boyfriend and I have been seeing each other for a few weeks and he always apologises after sex. What's wrong? Well, have you asked him? <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know if they've asked him. Do, do, do you think he thinks it's a bit dirty or that he shouldn't really have done that? Maybe. It might be mm. that. I like this question because it reminded me of Olga Koch when she came on on series two. She talked about this. She was like, one of the main things I, I noticed from, it, she said from British guys is when they have sex, they just apologise immediately afterwards, which I wonder whether that is quite a British thing to sort of be like, oh, I'm sorry to subject you to this rubbish. You know, I don't know. I don't yeah. know. But I just thought it was quite funny. Well, I, but... but- we're kind of brought up to feel that way, aren't we? That if you have a need, that you should somehow apologise for it. If you have needs, then mm. there's something wrong with you. Don't indulge your needs. That's uh, yeah. the British way, isn't it? So that's yeah, why we do that, I guess. Like it could be you, you were brought up to, like sex is something we don't talk about in the house you know, with, with the family and stuff, but also maybe like religious. Like obviously, like I guess the UK is a Christian country. So that even you know, sex is a bit there. So maybe it feels like apology because it's like well, this is something we shouldn't be doing. There used to be a lot of jokes that men were always up for sex, which isn't mm, true, mm, obviously. Absolutely um, not. But that men were always up for sex, and women mm. were always trying to beat them off with a stick. Yeah, yeah. And so, if you subscribe to that, if you've been brought up with those kinds of jokes around, mm. then you then you potentially would say, "Oh gosh, you've just allowed me to do this thing mm, with mm. you," when yeah. actually she may be. Only too delighted. Yeah, exactly. Mm. I wonder as well whether it's just a case of like, he's apologising because I think he's not living up to his own standards. Maybe he's like, oh, I didn't, I wasn't as good at that sexual experience as I thought I should be, you know? It's sort of like, sorry, maybe maybe I came too soon or maybe or sooner than I would have liked to. Like, it's his own expectations that he's... And that's very possible. On the other hand, you know, people should be taking responsibility for their own sexual experience. And if there's something that she would like him to be doing, she perhaps needs to show him or tell him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because he's not a mind reader. Yeah. And so that's why maybe every time he has sex, he's like, she didn't seem to enjoy that as much as I thought she should. I'll just say sorry. <laughs> You know, mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, it's the thing is, it's such a sweet thing. It's so sweet. It's so sweet. So I just want to. I almost. I definitely want you to follow up on that because it's really fun. But mm. yeah, like Mum says, off the bat, why don't you ask? See, mm. see what they think. Okay. Yep. Well, that's all we have time for. Thank you so much again. No. I know, I know. I'm so sorry. Thank you as always to accredited sex and relationship therapist Kate Cabell. Thank you, Mum, for your sex expertise. <laughs> Thanks, Diggs. My pleasure. And thank you guys all for listening. We really do appreciate it. Make sure you're following or subscribing wherever you're listening to this now for some more real sex education. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to The Real Sex Education, which is hosted by Diggory Waite and Kate Campbell. The show is produced by Diggory Waite and the executive producer is Claire Broughton. The Real Sex Education is a hat-trick podcast. 
This podcast is based on the real-life relationship between Diggory Waite and his mother, accredited sex therapist Kate Campbell. The show is therefore inspired by, but otherwise unrelated to, the TV show Sex Education. But yes, Diggory does wish his mother was played by Gillian Anderson. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 